B-b-b-bonus! What the hell is going on? Oh, look out! Piper, now! Hear these words, hear the rhyme. Crew, Piper, page, book! Hear now the words of the witches. Keep it going, Phoebe. Hear now the words of the witches. The words of the witches. The words of the witches. Crew, Piper, page! Hear now the words of the Keep witches. Keep it going, Phoebe. Keep it going. Hear now the words of the Keep chanting. Hear now the words of the witches. Finish the story. Through Piper Page. Keep chanting. Hear now the words of the witches. Keep chanting. What ass backward spell did you guys cast? This is Kevin, and welcome to Word of the Witches. Spellworders, you are in for a treat. This is bonus episode number five, where we talk all about Hallowell Manor. Now, this episode is going to be broken up into two different parts. First, you're going to be forced to listen to my annoying voice uh, as I talk about Hallowell Manor as it is in the show and everything we know about it in the lore of the show. And then we're going to have a second part where we talk about the Innes House, which is the actual real-life house located in L.A., and we're going to learn a little bit of history about that with some very special guests who have genuine first-hand experience with it. So let's open that stained glass door and get started. Hallowell Manor is a Victorian-style manor located at 1329 Prescott Street, San Francisco. The original structure was built in 1898, known to be a masterpiece before it was destroyed in the Great San Francisco Earthquake in 1906. The Warren Line rebuilt the house and moved in after that. The manor has since been in the Warren Line for four generations, the first being Gordon Johnson and Priscilla Baxter, aka Piper and Dan's past life, and Graham's parents. And considering the finale, it's likely that we have fifth and sixth generations as well in the house. Hallowell Manor was built on top of a spiritual nexus and has been the seat of power for the Charmed Ones since their awakening in 1998. The rooms of the house. Uh, bedrooms. The manor has four bedrooms on the second floor, which consists of one master bedroom and three smaller bedrooms. All four rooms are shown and confirmed. In season eight, however, there may be more than just four. The master bedroom was initially used by Penny Hallowell. When she moved out, it was used by Patty and Victor until their divorce and Patty's death, at which point Penny moved back in to take care of her granddaughters. After Penny's death, Prue moved into the master bedroom until she moved out to give the newlywed Piper and Leo more space. The closet in the master bedroom was converted into a nursery months before Wyatt was born. Said nursery is later converted back into a closet. The master also has its own bathroom. The second bedroom was initially used by Piper until she switched rooms with Prue after marrying Leo. Prue then used this room until her tragic and untimely death. The room was left vacant until Paige moved into the house. After Paige and Phoebe moved out, this room became Wyatt's official room, moving him out of Piper and Leo's closet nursery. After Chris was born, he and Wyatt shared this room together. This room was also once used by Grams as a sewing room. The third bedroom was probably the smallest and was used by Phoebe until she eventually moved into her own condo. It was also temporarily used by Billy Jenkins and presumably Christy when they stayed at the manor. After Phoebe and Paige moved out permanently, this room was most likely converted to a room for one of Piper's children. This room was temporarily turned into a home gym when Phoebe relocated to Hong Kong. It was once described by Prue to be the coldest room in the house. 
The fourth bedroom happened in season eight when Paige is seen in her own separate bedroom along with Leo and Piper, Phoebe, and Chris and Wyatt's shared room. Therefore, this confirms that the manor has at least a fourth bedroom. The attic. The attic of the manor is located on the third floor and can be accessed through a stairway. It is a large space that takes up nearly the entire third floor. Aside from being a basic attic used for storage, the attic was the place where the Book of Shadows was kept. As the sisters grew up in the manor, unaware of their heritage, the attic was kept locked by Penny at all times while she told her granddaughters that it was sealed off completely. The door was unlocked the night Phoebe went there after the spirit board had given her the word attic as a message. During their time as the Charmed Ones, the attic was a very important location for the sisters as the Book of Shadows was kept there nearly all the time. As such, the sisters spent a lot of time in the attic when they needed to use magic, research demons or other evil beings, or summon spirits. Additionally, several important events took place in the attic, including important vanquishes and revelations. Kitchen! The kitchen of the manor was a large and bright colored room with an entrance to the dining room, the basement, and the laundry room. Like any household, the sisters spent a lot of time in the kitchen for regular daily activities and conversations. Additionally, the sisters kept several potion ingredients in the kitchen and brewed potions when the potion required to be prepared on the stove. As a chef and most skilled potion maker, Piper spent most time in the kitchen. The basement. The basement is a large room located underneath the manor, which is accessible through the kitchen. The basement played an important part in the lives of the sisters, as it is the place where the Nexus could be accessed and where the Woogie Man was imprisoned. For this reason, Phoebe was afraid of the basement for most of her youth. Speaking of the Nexus, since the Hallowell Manor is exactly situated at the center of five essential life elements, fire, water, earth, wood, and metal, it is located on top of a spiritual Nexus. When connected, these five points form a pentagram with the manor in the center, making it not only a spiritual nexus, but a Wiccan one as well. The nexus is a neutral source of power that could be accessed by good and evil. The Charmed One's great-great-grandparents have bought the land and built the manor in 1906 to prevent it from falling into the hands of evil. As forces of good were in control of the manor, the nexus was described as providing an extra boost of power to the sisters. For this reason, good would prevail as long as the sisters were in control of the manor. However, should the manor be overtaken by evil, it would gain control over the Nexus and evil would spread. As the Nexus is a neutral force, those born on top of the Nexus are more easily swayed by the forces of evil, but can also be swayed by the forces of good. The basement was also used by Prue as a darkroom during her career as a photographer. Additionally, it was the location where Cole trained Phoebe in combat. Prue and Phoebe both hid out in the basement when they gained the power of empathy. And Piper may have blown up a few Christmas decorations that were stored there as well. <laughs> dining room. The dining room is a room that connects to the kitchen, the conservatory, and the sitting room. The room is used for fancy or special meals, such as birthdays or when the sisters received guests. Family meetings were also occasionally held in the dining room. Several important events took place in the dining room, most notably the birth of Wyatt Hallowell on the dining table. Sitting room. The sitting room is the central room of the manor, which leads to the front door through the foyer and also connects to the living room, conservatory, and the dining room. The stairway is located in the sitting room. The sitting room was primarily used for regular, everyday activities, though it was also used for several important events. The sisters often studied the Book of Shadows here whenever it was not in the attic, and is also where the Charmed Ones first constituted and later reconstituted. The chandelier in the sitting room emitted a magical glow at that time. It is also the location where the wedding of Piper Hallowell and Leo Wyatt was held, and where the ultimate battle was fought. Dun dun dun! Conservatory. 
The conservatory, also known as the sunroom or solarium, is a spacious room in the manor that is brightly lit by the many windows and open doors to the garden. It also connects to the sitting room, the living room, and the dining room. The conservatory is generally used as a place of family moments and relaxation in the morning and afternoon, especially during warm seasons. The sisters often came here to relax and talk with each other. It was also used as a playroom for Wyatt. Living Room The living room, also known as the parlor, is a regular-sized room located at the front of the manor. It can be accessed through the foyer, the sitting room, and the conservatory. The living room has a fireplace and a little TV and is generally used as a regular living room. Foyer the foyer is the main hall of the manor and leads straight into the sitting room, though it can also be used to access the living room directly right upon entry through the front door. The foyer is most notable for being the location where the door tradition started, which every Charmed fan knows about that a trademark of Charmed is that the front door is magically closed at the end of each season. This tradition started in both the unaired and aired pilot by Prue Hallowell. Since then, every season finale ended with the door magically being closed, except for that blasphemic season six that uses the hospital doors and not the manor doors. I am still bitter about that. It should have been the manor and I don't like it. But yes, there you go. Door tradition. <laughs> bathrooms. The manor initially had two bathrooms, one upstairs and one downstairs. It could be the upstairs bathroom hugging proof, the downstairs bathroom hugging proof, or the sitting in the kitchen drinking all the coffee proof. <laughs> the downstairs bathroom was located right underneath the stairway. However, the downstairs bathroom was later converted into a closet. The upstairs bathroom is a large room located at the front of the manor. Uh, horrible remodel. If you have all these people down to one bathroom, should have kept that lower one. Just saying. Laundry room. There is a laundry room right on the first floor that can be accessed through the kitchen. Garden. The manor has a rather large garden or backyard which was rarely used by the sisters. When the manor was still a speakeasy in the 1920s, Russell met here with her lover Anton and consumed a potion here to triple her strength of her powers. The garden was recreated by the source of all evil in his illusionary world to manipulate Piper. Additionally, the sisters once spent a night in the garden to witness the Aurora Borealis. The final part of the house is the garage. The manor has a garage at the end of the driveway which is located behind the manor. In 2005, Leo bought an old pickup truck with the desire to fix it up and sell it. Notable deaths in the manor include Andy Trudeau, Pearl Russell, Penny Hallowell, Prue Hallowell, Alan Hallowell, Chris Hallowell, and Inspector Sheridan. Notable births include Phoebe Hallowell and Wyatt Hallowell, which is, explains why they both have a sway to good or evil. Some alternative versions of the manner that we've seen include the 1920s speakeasy and pardon my past, the hippy dippy free love, peace everywhere decorated manner in Wichstock, the mental hospital in Brain Drain, the fenced-in, kind of mildly dilapidated manor in Centennial Charmed, and the Hallowell Museum in Crisscrossed. Some general notes about the manor. Uh, in the beginning of Season 1, the address was 7571. You see that on Kit's poster in The Fourth Sister. Uh, it was later changed to 1329 to match the number on the actual house. In the promo for the unaired pilot, the manor was called Warren Manor. And then uh, Professor Whittlesey from... Is There a Woogie in the House was a professor at Berkeley, and she used the manor actually in her architectural history class. A dollhouse replica of Hallowell Manor was constructed by Penny Hallowell, most likely using magic, <laughs> and it appeared in the episodes Scryhard and Repo Manor. In both episodes, a person was shrunk and trapped in the dollhouse. Funny enough, we have a guest who made a beautiful, perfect replica coming up later. Okay, so here is an issue. <laughs> Uh, in sight unseen, Cole turns on the air conditioning and opens all the windows so that the demon Troxa could become visible. He's an invisible demon. 
But in Oh My Goddess, Phoebe asks why they never got air conditioning. So it contradicts that. And I was just thinking about it, too, because it's pretty hot in California. If you open all the windows, it's probably going to be warmer outside than it would if you leave the windows closed and turn the air conditioning on. If you wanted it to be cold, you wish you left the windows closed. By turning the air on and opening the windows, you're kind of defeating the purpose. But that's just me. <laughs> the real house was used for filming the unaired pilot of Charmed. All scenes in the manor, except the ones in the attic, were filmed in the actual house. The attic was is actually in a different house across the street, the Heim house. Um, but yeah, we'll learn about that later. The view of San Francisco out of various windows has changed over the seasons. In the unaired pilot, there was a small herb garden next to the manor. The floor of the kitchen was originally purple to match the worktops, which can be seen most clearly in the episodes The Power of Two and Is There a Woogie in the House. In season two, this changed to brown beige, which it remained for the rest of the series. The basement entrance has changed various times throughout the series. In season one, the door is shown to open directly onto the stairs. In later episodes, there appears to be flooring at the top of the stairs. In that 70s episode, Phoebe is able to listen to Grams and Patty talking upstairs using the vent by the kitchen door. However, in terms of layout, this would be impossible. The real inside of the manor was used whenever shooting an outdoor scene. This caused the wall and staircase of the real house to be seen, which are directly at the door when entering. However, in the Hallowell Manor, the staircase is further away with the parlor in between. In certain episodes, the driveway has a patch of grass in the center, while other times, the driveway is completely paved. And finally, when the manor was shown from the outside, the front porch is about three to five feet long, but from the inside, it appears at least 10 feet long. In House Call, we see the manor completely invisible and disappeared. All that's there is a platform and some stairs. Uh, and what's really cool is when they reversed the spell, the manor reformed all around them. We got to see it slowly come back together. I really enjoyed that moment. And then we have the manor explode in the series as well. So lots of fun little happenings. And I think that will be it for the house in the show. Let's move on to the house in real life. The Innes House is one of the original homes constructed during the development of Carroll Avenue in Angelino Heights in 1887. The home was built for Daniel Innes, a socially prominent city councilman and real estate developer. Designed in the Eastlake style, the two-story home features tailored rectangular lines that are further emphasized by the vertical grooves in the decorative wood trim. The exterior displays such classic Victorian details as windows with upper panes bordered with stained glass. The interior is also Victorian in style, with a classic double parlor with redwood trim, cast iron fireplaces, and lacquered pocket doors. The house has had relatively few owners. The Innes family lived in the home for nearly 40 years. In 1920, they sold the property to Dominic Iannarone, an Italian barber who resided there until his death in 1971, having added features like a wine cellar. <laughs> By the 1950s, many of Angelino Heights's elaborate homes proved too expensive to maintain for residents moving into the neighborhood, and the Carroll Avenue mansions fell into disrepair. During the 1970s, the area experienced a renaissance, and many of the original properties were purchased by new owners who restored the historic details of their homes. Today, the neighborhood remains highly intact, and Angelino Heights represents one of the largest concentration of Victorian homes remaining in the city. The 1300 block of Carroll Avenue was listed as a National Register Historic District in 1976. Angelino Heights became Los Angeles' first historic preservation overlay zone in 1983. 
The Conservancy holds an easement protecting the home's exterior facade, as well as intact interior features including original woodwork, hardware, and decorative details such as the newel post with a brass lamp and plaster ceiling medallions throughout. Now I've had the opportunity to visit this house a few times already, but this last time was incredibly special as I got to see the inside a little bit and talk to some really wonderful guests, so let's introduce them. So right now I'm sitting here with two bona fide experts of the Innes House, aka Hallowell Manor, Planaria, who along with her husband are the current owners, real life homeowners of the house, and Hubert Langdorfer, whose gorgeous miniature replica of the house has gained much acclaim among fans. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves one by, one by one and give us a little bit of little bio, a little bit about yourself? Oh. <laughs> My name is Planaria, and I bought this house uh, 50 years ago and restored it. And uh, I've been a teacher of foreign adults for English uh, for 40 years, and I've written several books. Very nice. All right, and Hubert? Uh, I'm Hubert Lengdorfer. I'm from Austria, and my passion about charm started at the age of eight, and I started to replicate the house when I was around 11. And I made a lot of miniatures <laughs> from the house, like 20 times, until oh I have decided that I could do something else too, and that's how <laughs> I kind of recognized my talent or got a feeling for art and Victorian architecture. Oh, very nice. So, how did you get involved? I know you were an author and you did a teacher. How did you get involved with the restoration of homes? Oh, I, my, my husband and I had been in Europe for a year and were awed by all the beautiful architecture and then we came back to Los Angeles and we were living with his parents in Hollywood and I was working downtown and I got lost looking for the Hollywood freeway and came upon this street wow. and just, I mean all the houses were in really bad shape but they were Victorian in Los Angeles. And so there's a history and, there that kind of spoke to you. That's oh yeah, very cool. absolutely, because I grew up in the valley. Okay, nice. And you know, you said you started doing miniatures when you were like 11. Yes. What got you involved? Like, what made you interested in the architecture or things like that? Um, the show. I have so Charmed kind of sparked it. Yes, Charmed was. I, I have seen the house, and I have to say, I fell in love with the house. And then I did all my research, and when we got our first computer, because way back when we didn't have internet where I right. was. So I was like, I think it was like when I was 10. So I did all the research online and the first stuff I googled was the charm house and then I found out the real name and this <laughs> is how I kind of discovered all the history and it's so interesting because it's like a, a little character. It is. I yeah. mean, And it was a character in the show too. Mm -hmm. so, I always think it was part of the sisters. and Yeah, something about it just really gives you a sense of goodness and wholeness. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't know if it's part of because we have a connection with the show, but even if I didn't, it would yes. still have such, you know, a beauty. vibrance and beauty. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. great. Um, how many other homes do you have, like, a hand in? How many? I know you work the one over there. Um, we've restored since the 70s 30 homes. Wow. In this neighborhood. Wow. And we've worked very, very hard, and we have a community now that tries to keep the whole hill, Angelino Heights, uh, restored and historical. That's beautiful. 
And I guess I know why you chose this particular house. You've made other houses. I mean, you've made the up house and you've made other like castle things. Yes, yes. Um, but you've chose this house because of your connection to the show. Yes. Uh, my miniatures started with that house. And, and you said you made 30 different ones? Uh, 20. 20. Around 20, maybe 30. I don't, I, I lost, <laughs> I lost <laughs> the number. Did you, did you save them all or? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I just have two. Okay. My last one. And the room box, I made the complete interior as in the original. I didn't make the set yet. Maybe I will. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. Nice. Um, but you said that you made your first one out of paper. Yeah, the first one was out of cardboard. Yeah. yeah. My mom worked in a bakery and I said to her, I called her and I said, can you bring me some cardboard boxes? And she said, for what? <laughs> I said, I want to build the charm toss. And she said, oh, okay. And then she brought me all those boxes and it took me like four hours. Wow. And it looked like the charm tiles kind of. And yeah, and then I, I, you know, kept going and going and going and it got better and better and better and yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what can you tell us about the neighborhood and the history of the home in general? Well, the neighborhood... Uh, especially Carroll Avenue, was the first suburb of Los Angeles. In the 1880s, there was a huge boom of the economy and a building boom, and people were tired of living downtown. It was, there were horses and carriages, and it was smelly and dusty. And so uh, it's the same as today. Two men decided to make a lot of money, <laughs> and they bought a lot of the land here, the un unused land here, which is on a hill above downtown, and they turned it into a real estate development. They divided the lots basically 50 by 150, and then they built houses, not to specification, but most of the houses were just built and then different people would buy the house and then they'd flip the house <laughs> and then someone else would buy it and it was just kind of amazing and it was a very beautiful neighborhood until the depression in 29 these huge houses really allowed the owners who were suffering economically to let out rooms so the houses kind of became boarding houses and then the neighborhood fell quite down and when I did happen about, upon the neighborhood, upon this house, in 1971, it was, it was a really sad-looking house. But unlike most of the other houses in the neighborhood, only two families had lived in this house. And the downstairs was, quote-unquote, unimproved. So mm. it was in perfect condition. What you see is what I saw. Well, you know, <laughs> using imagination. <Yeah. laughs> but this, this house is the only one that has the original ceiling medallions. And the wood wasn't painted. And this hadn't been painted. This mantelpiece mm. hadn't been painted. So it was, we had to, of course, change the electricity and the plaster and the plumbing. But it was in really beautiful, original state. Wow, that is fascinating. I mean, you did so much work, and it shows, and, you know, it had the bones, so mm -hmm. I guess that works. Mm -hmm. So, what's interesting about your current model of the house is you were recreating this house. Yes. Not the, not the charmed house. They are yeah. quite different. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the differences? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> I know. I mean, the stairs <laughs> are not as big as in the set, and also the, the 
the lamp on the stair post is not on the set. Yeah. Also, the complete stair stairs will be totally more in the back of the house. We have the whole like foyer. Yeah, yes. we have the whole like hall here, and then it's further yes. back. And, yeah. Uh, and there would be no curved ceiling. There will be the wood beams, and here will be a wall with a, another pocket door where the grandfather clock was, I think, and uh, oh yeah, the other couch. It's so surreal that we're talking about the house while we're in the house. Yes, it's... <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> and no sunroom. Right, no, no sunroom, sun no conservatory, no. No. So, but it's it's crazy that they still have the whole facade and you believe it, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, they made the original pilot here. Yes, the honored pilot. In, in the house. And, uh, and Murray and I watched it, you know. And then maybe a year later we saw it again. But it was, we didn't know, Hubert explained oh. it, but we didn't know that they had remade it. We did know, we gave permission for them to recreate the house on the set. Mm. And, uh, but we watched it and it was just like, wait a minute, wait, <laughs> the, st the stair, wait, wait, we don't have a sunroom. <laughs> that was really interesting. But they did come back basically every six weeks to film exteriors sure. from the very beginning to the end. And that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> do either of you have a favorite part of the house? Either Me? Yeah. What? Yeah, you go first. My favorite part. Oh, it's hard to choose. <laughs> I think my most favorite part is the front porch and the door. And all the windows. I love the whole house. Yeah. I can't choose. <laughs> but if I need to choose, maybe the front door and the stairs. Okay. And what's your favorite part? Well, upstairs and we can't go because it's it's rented Rented. out. But upstairs in the hallway there's a large window and then you step out onto the balcony. <clears throat> and I love just sitting on that balcony and watching um, oh, wow. downtown Los Angeles, the rest of the Victorians on Carroll Avenue, and watching people drive by. Oh, very nice. Yeah, a nice little vantage point. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, so, and I know that the Conservancy would give tours like every month here. Um, so how does that work? You know, I mean, how do you rent, like you rent the place? Is that like people have to contact you first or do you put listings oh, out? No, 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 no. We, um, Murray and I have always felt that we are just very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. So we were able to buy this house we bought for $20,000. Oh, wow. And, um, in 71 and so we started buying other houses it, it was a whole different thing than with loans and down payments and the, the first house I bought was I, I wrote a hot check but it was covered by my visa card you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a different time and we really love sharing and so we open our house to fundraisers and to tourists whatever with the LA Conservancy, we're very involved with the LA Conservancy because they've really, really helped Los Angeles. So we used to give weekly tours. They would come to this house, and we don't live in this house, and to the house we live in across the street for maybe a, maybe a year or two, and then it just got too complicated for me because I had to clean the house every week and remove all my personal things. So then we decided to just have the Charmed House open for the LA Conservancy tours and then one other house at the corner. She mm. said she would be happy to do it. When, and so they were giving tours every week and then it kind of calmed down and then every other week and then once 
a month on Saturday from 10 to whatever. Then when COVID hit, of course, they stopped the tours. So I do believe they're going to start again pretty soon. It's the Los Angeles Conservancy, and you can get all the information. And I don't know what they charge, but something yeah. very minor. And they give a really, really great tour. Well, Murray wrote the, the whole script for it. A really great tour of the whole street, the history of of Angelina Heights, and then to inside two of the houses. So you live in the house where the they inspired the attic from. The attic, yes. yes. They filmed they filmed the uh, Book of Shadows in the attic of my house, but yeah. that was never shown. They rebuilt my attic. It's much <laughs> cleaner on the set. <laughs> And a lot more windows. A lot more windows, yeah. <laughs> um, so you built everything like right from scratch. Was there anything that was more challenging to like? What was the most challenging thing you had to create? And from the ex exterior or the interior? Both. <laughs> what was the most challenging thing? The roof. The roof. The roof because I glued every shingle on with a tweezer. Oh my god! And this takes like three weeks. And it's like, I think over 11 or 12,000 shingles. And they're as big as your pinky, your pinky? pinky nail. And did you like 3, 3D print those or what? No, they're all cut. Oh my gosh. But with an X-Acto knife out of cardstock, it's like a, like a thicker material, thicker paper. And then it gets glued on onto the roof and then it's painted and aged. Wow. And the roof is very difficult because it is very steep that you get the proportions right. It's, it's I mean, because you did everything. You didn't just do the house. You did the yard. You did all the grass. I, I mean, made all the flowers. They're all handmade. <laughs> yeah. All out of... The, the flowers are made out of paper. So impressive. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> but every detail, because we had a internet relationship yeah. for many many years and he would say oh my god i need to know where the drain pipe is and i'd run out and yeah. take a photograph and send it to him or, well where's the electricity box where's the meter yeah. box and <laughs> so every every single detail he knows the house much better yeah. than we do for sure inside and out and i will make an aside that that hubert is the most incredible artist i have ever Aww. met and the most patient person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thank I, you. Yeah, I love thank that. You. So you kind of, back. Yeah, you kind of went into my next question. I was going to ask what the collaboration process was like, because I know you reached out to Plenaria, mm -hmm. uh, yes. and so and he used some pictures. So how did that first get started? And I, I guess wrote a, Actually, I wrote a letter to Murray mm -hmm. to the address to the house, to 1329 oh, wow. Carroll Avenue, Los <laughs> Angeles. I think I was... 12, 13, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> and I used Google Translate, I didn't know any English, so it was very broken English, and then I remember after like a month, I got a letter back from Murray, and I was just like, you know, so crazy, I was shaken, and, and then he said, yeah, um, if I ever come to Los Angeles, he will give me a tour. And it took me 20 years to come here. <laughs> but you made it. And this is so yeah. exciting. And I'm so grateful that I happened to be in town while you were in town. It worked yeah. out so perfectly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is. Oh. oh, is there anything that you have to do for the house when they prepare for shooting? Because I know they do all the other things besides Charmed. Oh, quite a lot of films have been yeah. filmed in this house, in the Heim house, I mean, on the street. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
mostly we sign the contract and we're on the, their insurance and anything that is of great value to us we remove but um, we, we really have not ever had a problem um, <laughs> except for something missing but that was my oh, problem yes. but so normally the, the film crew will take photographs of everything the prop masters will take photographs of everything and then they put things back and it's my job to then go over <laughs> all the photographs and I really messed up on the last big film I didn't yeah. go over all the photographs and we realized later that there was a, a painting of this house that was missing so it's probably in and, and there's a painting that we've never seen before so I mean it wasn't like oh, anyone wow. took anything they made a mistake and the painting of this house is in, in some box in some prop house now and we have this ugly painting of an ugly house that we don't want to have. Oh my that's such a crazy story wow <laughs> um, how many rooms are in the house? There's, spaces. there's four upstairs, there's four bedrooms, and a very tiny little bath upstairs. And then there's one, two, three, four, four rooms downstairs and the kitchen. <laughs> yes. And a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, this is a middle class house. When, so when they made this to be the first suburb of Los of Angelino, the first suburb of Los Angeles, uh, it was mostly middle class, upwardly mobile middle class people buying the houses here in 1887. There was a plumber, uh, Innes, Daniel Innes was owned shoe stores and he was a city councilman. Uh, and there was um, a bar, a saloon, saloon owner, and a brewer, and just ordinary middle-class working folks. And then they, most of them, got really rich. And in the twenties, so many of them, and Innes too, moved probably to the June Street area and Hancock Park, or to West Adams area. And then the house in the twenties was bought by an Italian barber named Dominique Ineroni, and he raised his family here, and they had really, really happy memories of living here, and then they all died, and his daughter, Mrs. Corsini, did not live here, but she didn't want to sell the house, and then she met me, and she <laughs> liked me, oh, and cool. she knew I was going to have a family, and so she sold it to my husband and myself. Oh, that's so cool. So I know this was your first, you've been here for like a week or so, right? So what, what was your first like feeling when you got here to see the house for the first time? Oh, I'm home. <laughs> and my miniatures finally have the right side to walk into them. <laughs> That's how it felt. Oh. <laughs> he, he was stunned. I was so afraid he was going to faint because he <laughs> told me that he was going to faint when he came and I was almost wanted to have an ice bucket ready but, but he was just, I mean he'd been on a long, 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 long flight. Yeah, 12 hours his, I think you said. Yeah, yeah. Been long, and okay. then we, we kind of showed him, we picked him up at the airport and then we drove all around Los Angeles oh. even though he didn't ask for that. But, <laughs> no, you know, it was and, something. And we just kept on putting it off and putting it off and we drove around the neighborhood and then we drove to the to house. the, the window like <laughs> yeah he said okay Hubert it's yours and he was pretty stunned and really really happy and it took you 
at least four days to feel that yeah that I have arrived. It took a long time to But realize. he knows every plug in this house. He knows everything much more. It's amazing. It's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I just came to visit the outside. I was just and I was with my friend. I was trying to trying to look cool. I'm like, I'm not. But I'm not freaking out right now. I'm just like looking at it. But I was totally like geeking out. And so I totally get that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very special. Mm-hmm. So do you have many like interactions with visitors? I know that they come a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it depends on how I'm feeling and if I'm terribly busy. And my husband has more interactions because he's often gardening mm-hmm. here. And so we often will talk talk to the tourists and sometimes we don't. It just depends on on us. I do sit on my porch across the street and watch the fans and I am amazed that there are still fans daily. Yeah, daily. Daily and they come from all over the United States and all over the world. Um, Maybe when it first started, when Sean first started, my husband noticed one day a taxi cab, this is before Uber, okay, this is in, what, 2000 yeah. or something. Taxi cab drives up, and two women get out, and they start taking pictures, and Murray goes over to them and says something, and they don't speak English, they're from Japan. Oh. So Murray goes to the taxi cab driver and says, uh, where did you pick them up? And he says, at the airport. And he says, oh, that's really interesting, and where are you taking them? And the taxi cab driver says, to the airport. They're on a layover. And they wanted to see the charm house. Well, the taxis from the airport to here is not a short distance. (laughs) It's about seventy or eighty dollars. So they were willing to spend one hundred and sixty dollars to see the charmed house. It was like, oh my god! And this happens quite a lot. Quite a lot. So this were the first fans visiting the house. The ones that we noticed. Yeah, we'd seen others, and we didn't quite get it. And then it got even. Maybe when it stopped filming, it got more and more and more, and then it was on reruns, yeah. whatever you call it, in Europe. Yeah. And we just get people all the time. There was one letter that we received, and of course we never kept them. <laughs> in the very beginning, it would be letters to the actresses, <laughs> and then there would be letters by children, 8 or 10 or 11, about how I got this really great idea for a script, and of course in it is the child, you know. And, but, and we never kept oh. any of them, which is really too bad. There was a woman, maybe this was a year ago, a woman from Australia wrote to us and she said, I just have to send you a thank you letter that um, we came to Los Angeles and we saw, we went to Disneyland, we went to Universal Studios, we saw, we went to Hollywood and Vine, but the best, uh, the best experience that we had was when we came to the Charmed House and you talked to us, you know, and she just wanted to thank us. It was amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know from experience, just talking to you and seeing the house, how wonderful that is, and mm-hmm. I, I get that. So that's great that you, you know. Are we we try to interact, but there's a lot. We're, I know we're mostly tired. I, I know, and <laughs> and that's in your that's valid too. It's free to you know. And sometimes people will come over because they know that we live across the street, and they'll ask to go inside the house, and we'll just have to say no. I mean, we're sorry, Not but we just yeah. it's the end of the day, and we've yeah. had it. <laughs> So, to all the fans out there, I apologize, but, uh, but we are she's lucky. tired. <laughs> <I'm> tired. <laughs> we are lucky fans because there could be a fence 
on the property oh, that yeah. people right. can walk up the stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we I, like I said before, we always feel like we are are lucky being in the right place at the right time, being able to buy the houses and restore them and save the neighborhood. And so we do like to share. Yeah. So we're happy to share the outside. We ask that nobody knocks on the door because people are living yeah, inside. Sure. Yeah, right. and don't touch the door. Yes. It's very fragile. <laughs> so I know you aren't too familiar with the show, but is there anything from the show regarding the manner that you'd be curious about? Um, <laughs> I mean, he probably told you everything you need to know, I suppose. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I was watching the filming all the time, so yeah. the exterior yeah. filming. So I know how they made rain and you know, yeah. all those different things. <laughs> yeah, I remember I saw pictures of like the set they constructed, and it was so interesting, like seeing pieces of, like deconstructed pieces of this house, oh, like over yeah. and the lights and rigged uh-huh, and stuff. And, like, yeah. it's it's a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. As a tra- person who knows Trump, how do you think the sisters would have? survived in if they lived in this house instead like <laughs> how they would have functioned you mean how they would survive the demons well just like just in like life how they have functioned in life like demons oh, or whatnot in los angeles and if it was in this house versus oh. their actual set house <laughs> I, don't, I, well, I know it's a tricky well, question yeah. first of all they would have a big big um they have a space issue yes and a big problem when they break things because it's, it's not, not as easy, easy to <laughs> replace things if they're historic, and yeah, and definite, and no attic. There right, be no, no attic. attic. Right. Well, they'd have to come across the street. Yeah, the shadows will be at your place. Lock and key across the street. Yeah. 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 Like, let's go to the neighbor's house. But it would be better for the demons because they wouldn't know where the book That's true. is. Maybe they would figure it out, but it's not in the same house. Yeah. I wouldn't let them in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course not. <laughs> So yeah, um, I know some key differences. This home was built in 1887, you said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas the one in the show is 1898, so this is actually older. Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So they use this Victorian style, and they say it's 1898? Uh, yeah. I think that they said in the it, show that... 1898, and it then, it, then the earthquake destroyed. came, yes. and then they rebuilt it in 1906, Yes. after the 1906 earthquake. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. you know... I guess they've got to hold true to San Francisco. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of other things that were shot here. I know Earthquake, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you um, sent me a, a Toyota commercial. Yes. Oh, that was the most recent. Yes. Yeah. Of Mice and Men, um, Sweet Dreams. Uh, yeah, there's so many. Oh, so many, and so many commercials. Oh, there, was, there was a dog food commercial here that was hysterical because they wanted the dog to run to the food and he wouldn't. Uh, the, the, they're very well trained, but he just wasn't interested in that particular <laughs> food. And so what they did was they set it up so they pulled the carpet back, oh. and it looked like the dog was running. Oh wow! That's and smart. had the bowl right in front. Uh. That was. Oh, <laughs> the movie Earthquake. Though. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. well, was nineteen seventy-four. That yeah, Mar Marjo or something. Okay. Yeah. Some name. It was still white. The exterior was still white. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's when maybe I was looking at it or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I got most of the things. I know just the neighborhood in general, we had like, you know, dance houses over there. That was the. The Foy House. The Foy House, yes. It was moved in 1993 to the street. And it used to be, I think, a tennis lot, right? 
Oh, yes, Where right next houses. door to this house, to the Innes house, there were two lots, and they were, according to Mr. Pinney, who was L.A.'s most eligible bachelor in <laughs> 1887, and he died when he was 107, and I used to be able to talk to him so he could gossip about all the people <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> according to Mr. Pinney, there was a tennis lot for the street, a, a tennis lot, a tennis court for the street that was there until after World War II when people bought the two lots and then built what we call intrusions, ugly, ugly little mm. one-story stucco houses oh. of the late 1940s. And uh, so I was able to buy one of them eventually, and our neighbor Jim was able to buy another lot eventually, so we had control of the tenants. And then uh, we were offered the Foy House. It's the, it's from 1870 something, yeah. and it was the house of Mary Foy, who was the first female uh, librarian in Los Angeles. <clears throat> it had been moved from where it was originally near Figueroa, it moved in like 1910, to the parking lot at Good Samaritan Hospital at Wilshire and Whitmore, and it was just taking up space, and they wanted to get rid of it, but it's a historic monument. So they came to us and they said, do you want it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we said, oh my God, we couldn't afford that. So we asked our neighbor to, to, to take it. So we sold him our lot, he then owned two lots, and he moved the house and did the most exquisite restoration, just wow. exquisite. Yeah, so that's a, you know, another beautiful home. And the Sessions mm -hmm. house is that one that was used in the show? Yes, so, he, he owns that one yeah, too. Right. Some house. Yeah, Session, I mean, it's so funny, so this is the Innes house, and Mine's the Heim house, but you know, we don't really do that very much anymore. Yeah. We, they're, they're the ones who bought it on spec. Okay. <laughs> a Sessions, I think, was a dairy man. Oh. You know. But yeah, so we call that the Newsom House because of the architect, very, very famous, incredible architect. And this one now is the Charmed House. Yeah, forever and ever now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's just about wraps up everything that I need to do then. Um, so thank you both for coming on and agreeing to meet oh, me. Oh, you're welcome. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, yeah, nice meeting you. And I, you know, I learned so much, so I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure listeners will be, have a lot of, you know, great new knowledge. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> I hope so. But tell them we're they're invited to come and take pictures, but don't go up the front steps. Front steps okay. and don't knock on the door, please. All right. Yes, noted. <laughs> You're it's never ending. Yes. Yeah. We found out that we share the same birthday. Yeah, it's That's amazing. right. You told me that. That is such yeah. another fascinating thing. Yeah, and so. we do share a lot of tastes and ideas, and yeah. sometimes he finishes my sentences. Get <laughs> <laughs> along you, so well. And you, you know what's going on in my yes, head sometimes. Yes, I do. A forever friend. Yes, yeah. forever. <laughs> I love that. And that will do it for this very special bonus episode, Spellworders. Thank you for joining me. I hope you learned a lot. Um, please visit laconservancy.org if you would like to learn more. Uh, and you can stay up to date for when they would uh, start those tours again. You can also follow Hubert at art underscore Hubert underscore Langdorfer. That's L-E-N-G-D-O-R-F-E-R. -E uh, he would really love a follow on his Instagram. You can see all of his exquisite work. And... Um, 
yeah, I guess we'll see you for our next book episode coming up soon. Be sure to keep up with this podcast. You can follow us at Words of the Witches on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, or Words of Witches on Twitter. So email us at wordsofwitchespod at gmail.com, and we will keep on keeping on. So goodbye for now, and as always, your destiny still awaits.